listening to The Train Gods. What's going on? Whoa, that wasn't as good as my player, Profiler Nation. <laughs> it's the latest episode of The Trade Gods. I am your host, Matic Hewoom, and I am joined by my co-host, my fellow Trade God brethren, the host of Wake and Take, the best morning show in fantasy football, Jason Allwine. What's going on, Jay? What's up, man? It's almost like it's 9.41 p.m. on a Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) So we are premiering this episode. So you're seeing it at the normal time, Thursday, 8 p.m., you know, the TG slot. But Jason and I are pulling an all-nighter. Well, for my old ass, 9.42 recording does feel like I'm pulling an all-nighter. But either way, we got to get it going, right? It's going to be a great episode. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. I'm excited to always talk about trades no matter what day of the week it is. And um, you know, <laughs> thank you for meeting me and and pre-recording this episode because I'm unfortunately not able to make it live on Thursday. So I wanted to make sure that the audience can get something done. And thank you. So thank you. <laughs> you are very welcome, bro. And when I call you my fellow trade god brother, and it's not just for the show, you're my new you're my brother in now. No, dude, you know, you've you've you're always cool if I you know we've all you know, if you've, you've been a fan of TG, of Trade Gods, you know that when Mr. Kivum is on the road for his day job, <laughs> yeah, chaos ensues, shenanigans always triumphs. So, you know, it's the least I could do. I'm glad to be able to, I'm glad we were able to get the show in. It's just the two of us. We had some, we've had, you know, incredible guests the last few weeks. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to have some really great guests coming up in the next few weeks. But it's nice yep. to just have, you know, the boys rubbing elbows this episode. Oh, dude, it's so nice. It's so nice. We we deserve it. We deserve it. We we do deserve it. And all of you listeners, you deserve uh, uh, you know some trade breakdowns. We got nine trades from the Discord. If you're not part of the Player Profile Discord, Jason, what are these people doing? What are you doing? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> what are you doing? You got to get in the Discord. We're talking fantasy football 24-7, best ball formats, super flex formats, rookie stuff. Doesn't matter if it's fantasy football related. You boys be chopping it up at the Discord. And then, of course, we're going to end the show with some buys and sells. Uh, we got some players in the news this week that we're going to talk about. But before we do, let's hear about Rival Fantasy. Oh, baseball season's heating up. It's all about baseball right now. You know, eh, baseball, baseball. Yeah, baseball is the most exploitable of the sports, especially on Rival Fantasy, rivalfantasy.com. Go there now. They have the fantasy book where you can take over under a certain number of fantasy points, and they have challenges where you can take player X or player Y. I get great pleasure out of fading Mike Trout into oblivion. And then don't forget about Fantasy Bingo, where you can say, okay, I think Acuna's going to steal a base today. I think that Freddie Freeman's going to have two hits based on the matchup. The lefty-righty and the pitcher-quality matchups that you could exploit are unlike any other sport. Go to RivalFantasy.com, use the promo code PLAYER, they refund any losses up to 50 bucks. And they are a great supporter of Player Profiler. Everything we do, this show in particular, is only possible because of Rival. RivalFantasy.com. The promo code is PLAYER. Go check out Rival. It's a ton of fun. They get a lot of cool, really cool features. Very innovative features. Bingo is actually a blast. Check it out. Rival Fantasy. Jason, what do you say? We dive into trade number one. Oh. Dude, couldn't be more excited. Let's do it. Okay, so we are starting the show off with an absolute banger, as we typically do. Trade number one. Okay, so this is a seven-man deal. Team A is acquiring Joe Burrow, DK Metcalf, and Dallas Goddard. And to acquire those three massive pieces, he's sending away Lamar Jackson, his stacky Mark Andrews, Stefan Diggs, and Dalvin Cook. This is a 12-team half-point PPR. Superflex start nine, so we want them studs. Jason, what are your thoughts about this trade? Do you mind if I just derail for a second? Of course. Okay, I, I feel like we haven't done that in a minute, and I want to with this trade because it's just messy. When I, I don't understand how and why there are so many trades like this involving so many moving pieces and why the trade couldn't just be Lamar and something for Joe Burrow, right? Why does it have to be Lamar and Mark Andrews and Stefan Diggs and Dalvin cook for Joe Burrow and Dallas Goddard (laughs) and DK Metcalf? Like why, why do you have to convolute this trade so much? And that happens in all, in all fantasy leagues. I feel where 
you start off one trade like i bet this person trying to get joe burrow just message what do you want for joe burrow and then the trade somehow devolved into well i'll trade joe burrow if you also trade me mark andrews and then he was like well then i'm not trading mark andrews unless you trade me dk dallas goddard and then they're like well if we're doing a tight end swap then well, we've got to throw some wide receivers in there too. And then it just gets so, so messy. And so I wish the trade was, you know, a, a nice, just a trade, right? Like, why can't it just be Lamar Jackson and Stefan Diggs for Joe Burrow? Like, I feel like we could easily analyze that, but instead we're given this. But what are your thoughts on just how trades get so muddied, I guess, is why I wanted to derail it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have just witnessed Mr. Jason Allwine becoming an old man in front of our very eyes. <laughs> Mr. All, Mr. Allwine, I will now call you are no longer Jason. You are Mr. Allwine. Mr. Allwine. That, no! might be your, that was your very first get off my lawn moment in trade God's history. No! But I, I, but I understand what you do mean. I mean, but this is what, this is my, this is my two cents on the trades like this. They typically happen now. Uh, because yeah, points per game are not attached. And, uh, you know, even if you are the craziest of traders, and I might be one of them, when you see high PPGs next to them yeah. names, it becomes a lot tougher to do these blockbusters because, you know, let's just say a month in, Burroughs lighting the world on fire, Jackson missed a game and is, you know, averaging maybe like 19.8, so solid but not what we're expecting. This trade doesn't happen. You know what I mean? It's just I think yeah. this is the time of year big trades happen and i would have to guess and i don't have additional context um in terms of why this trade went down there's more to this trade that we'll end the show with or end this segment with uh yeah. but uh, i think this is the type of deal where he, it's not just hey what do you want for burrow i think it's like yo i want dk and i want burrow and he's like okay well then i want lamar and andrews and he's like all right but give me goddard and he's like all right and like you said it just becomes this vast negotiation but it's fun but who do you think wins the trade now? Now let's now let's okay, Mister Allwine, let's button it back up. Okay, you've had your beers, you've had dinner. Okay, you got warm, you know, you got full belly, and now you're ready to to get focus, Mister Allwine, and let's talk about who won won this trade and what side you'd rather have. Yeah, I'm sorry, audience, I'm just riled up from watching the evening news. <laughs> Can you believe what they're building? That used to be a beautiful park. Construction has not stopped all day <laughs> outside my window. My commute has tripled in time. <laughs> oh, my God. See, I, I am older than you, but you are now Mr. Allwine. No, no. But, yeah, let's break this down, man. Let's break this down. And – um. I want to start with the tight ends here because I have asked my question a lot or myself this question a lot this offseason. And it is, why is Mark Andrews the tight end too? When there's so many good fantasy tight ends out there. Dallas Goddard is one of those great fantasy tight ends, averaging double digit points per game on one of the best offenses in the league. But then you come back to Mark Andrews and it's like, oh yeah. He's the number two tight end because not only is he a really good fantasy asset at tight end, he's also his team's target leader. And there are two tight ends in the entire NFL that can claim that. Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews. And okay. that sets him apart. Dallas Goddard will never be the target leader on his team. Mark Andrews will, even with these added weapons. I know that there's concern it might be less targets, but it's still leading a team in targets and that's why he's been dubbed the the mandrews the mandrews right <laughs> he's a yeah. fantastic asset to own and we've talked about tearing down at tight end before and it's yep. tough to go from mark andrews and only half a step down to dallas goddard where the difference between dallas goddard and gerald everett is almost the same as the difference between mark andrews and dallas goddard when you're really getting down to it. And so it's it's interesting. It's very interesting. I definitely prefer Mark Andrews. However, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. <laughs> Joe Cool. Well, I was not expecting you to do it so well. You hit that so hard. And now you are now Jason again. You have yes! you've evolved back, from Mr. Allwine and Jason's back with a good <laughs> 
Uh, but he's, I mean, gosh, you're going to have him on your fantasy team probably for the next 10 years, you know, given that this career plays out how it should for Joe Burrow, the way he's been playing, the way we all hope he's playing, the way he commands himself and the Cincinnati Bengals. So he's definitely the better dynasty asset to own than Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews, I wouldn't say are equal Joe Burrow and Dallas Goddard. I might still would rather have Joe Burrow and Dallas Goddard. So now you ask me, what about Stephon Diggs and Dalvin Cook for DK Metcalf? And that's just a whole nother question, right? Dalvin Cook, we don't know who he's going to play for. We're going to slot him. I would put him at a low-end RB2 right now. That's just, I'll, I'll put his base floor there. Does that seem fair? Yeah, and, and you know we're going to dive into Dalvin Cook here later in the show. So you don't have to give away too much, but uh, yeah, I think you're right. Low-end RB2. That's just what we'll call him. Stephon Diggs, basically DK Metcalf, but five years older uh, in terms of fantasy production, at least. So you're getting similar fantasy production at the wide receiver for one to maybe two seasons, plus a running back that kind of makes it equal enough. But man, I think I think I might be on the Joe Shiesty side, man. I just love him so much for Dynasty. Uh, I I almost last week I was listening to the first class fantasy and Billy Muzio said that Joe Burrow is arguably the QB two in Dynasty. Yeah, I think I agree with him. I think I do. Um so I'm going to side with the Joe Burrow side here. I know I started this off with a massive rant about how awesome Mark Andrews is for fantasy, but I'm going with the the Joe Burrow side because I just think that being able to acquire him is something that's going to be understated not only this year, uh, but going forward, but very, very important to this team's success. He's locked in at a quarterback for, for I mean, this league's, forever right as long as this league mm-hmm. exists so that's yeah. that's just amazing to me so getting him tearing down just a little bit of dallas goddard getting dk metcalf a younger wide receiver who should still be the alpha even with jackson smith and jigba i'm gonna go there but it is i mean this is as fair as it gets if we're being honest i don't think i've seen a fair trade on this show it's uh, it's razor thin uh i am going i would take the other side i would take the lamar jackson side yeah, that's fair. you hyped that's fair. up mark andrews and uh, a lot of that does lie there but I, I you know we had mike on a couple weeks ago uh mm-hmm. dynasty zoltan and then he mentioned how you know any given season lamar jackson's ceiling is as high if not the highest Definitely. in any spots and Although I agree with Billy's reasoning, I think it was sound. And when you're talking about, uh, you know, factoring longevity, it makes total sense. That's just not how I play football. That's not how I play Dynasty. I understand that we want long-term assets. I want to win. So I, I shrink that up. So, you know, he may have a six or seven year, you know, longer career in terms of being in the league. But I, I don't, if, if I get three years you know, I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. So I still value Lamar and, and Burrow super close uh, in terms of my value. Mark Andrews, uh, I, he's obviously ahead of Goddard. You talked about that. And then Diggs, again, I, if I can get the two years peak out of Diggs, last two last years of his prime, mm-hmm. he could outscore DK for the next two seasons. And then you just throw in Dalvin, and, you know, we'll yeah. talk about him later. I feel like you're getting enough assets here. And in start nine, you want more studs in these positions. <laughs> they're yeah. all studs so i guess it doesn't really make a massive difference there but yeah uh, give me the four assets give me what it looks like a free running back uh for you know taking on more risk at quarterback and shortening your window I, you know i'm okay with that because that's just kind of how i usually do things in dynasty but you know we talked about it and, you know billy was on you know he's he made a great point in terms of how long pocket passers tend to last and how they can play at a higher level for longer. Uh, and that fits Joe Burrow's play style and his, his comps completely. So, uh, you know, good analysis there as you know, by one of the best in Billy Muzio, but also I want to talk about these traits. They're so hard to, to make in, in a given season. We talked about how muddy they get early on, how crazy it gets, but what makes it easier is having a good commissioner, right, Jason? Like when you have a good okay. commissioner that allows and like doesn't just go, this is dumb. Oh, this trade. We explain this trade. Good commissioners make a lot of sense and they really do help facilitate these type of trades. No, definitely. Definitely. And if you're a commissioner out there and or if you just want to sign up for some orphans, just in general, <laughs> there was a fantastic kiss the ring episode this week just about how to fill your dynasty orphans how to adopt dynasty orphans 
what to do just in dynasty in general if you're rebuilding if you're going forward and that was with a fantastic fantastic guest nate pilmer so i definitely recommend going to check that out that's kiss the ring how a dynasty commissioner fills a dynasty orphan uh, and that's just the most recent episode this week. It, it was just a, a really, really great episode. Commissioners, I mean, make or break a league, if we're being honest. A hundred percent. And Memphis is going to be on Trade God soon. Memphis is awesome. Yes. So happy he's working over at Player Profile, putting Dynasty Warzone and Kiss the Ring on our network. He's just, he's the man. And our boy, John, made an appearance. You know, friend of the show, John McGlynn, made uh, an appearance on mm-hmm. Kiss the Ring just a few weeks ago, too. So great show. Check that out. Uh, but let's just keep going here. We had a, we spent a lot of time in this trade, and this is actually only part one of a two-part saga that we will conclude uh, the trade breakdowns with. But let's get on to trade number two. It is a 10-team PPR Superflex tight end premium start 10. Team A is getting Rashad Penny, Kadarius Tony, and Brees Hall. Shipping away Roshan Johnson, Marvin Mims, not one, not two, but three round ones, two and 24, one and 25, and then an additional 24 round three. Jason, this is a lot of assets being exchanged. How do you see it playing out? This is a really tough trade because uh, we already mentioned the Mike episode, but we talked at length about how good Brees Hall was last season. Uh, as a rookie, even just before the injury, just how much he dominated right out of the gate and how I believe he's still a buy and that I still believe he's undervalued and that I still believe he could arguably be the RB1 again. But I do think that since he's a running back, taking three first rounds picks essentially for him, right? I mean, I feel like you could probably call <laughs> Roshan. Did I just pass that to you? That was weird. <laughs> I'm just I'm just gonna, just gonna edit this out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I I feel like you can essentially call Roshan and Penny oh Roshan's probably better than Penny. Mims and Tony, the way things are valued right now, Tony's probably valued a little bit more, but we'll add in that third round pick down there and just call it a wash. So we'll basically just say it's three first round picks for Brees Hall. Mm-hmm. And I think since he's a running back, you have to take that. You really do. I think Brees Hall is fantastic. I love Brees Hall. But three first-round picks for a dynasty running back is really what you're looking for. I mean, you're going to get someone close to Brees Hall with one of those picks, someone else close to Brees Hall for one of those picks, and then probably a wide receiver or a quarterback or something else, given that this is a super flex tight end premium league that this is just a really good way to set yourself up for the future. And if Roshan Johnson pans out the way that player profiler hopes he does, then that side has won plenty. However, it does suck that they are likely not looking to contend this season anymore, giving away Brees Hall and looking for these assets. But still, I do think they've gotten a great return to keep their team valuable. I'm going to side with you 100%, and this is how I broke it down. Roshan for Rashad Penny's a slam dunk Roshan, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I love Roshan 2023. Marvin Mims in a 25 first for Kadarius Tony. Give me Mims in, in the first. Okay. Smashing that. I'm smashing yeah. that except button. I, you know, K- Kadarius Tony, he's so hard to, talk, like, to truly evaluate because there's so much projectability in his analysis. I mean, last year he only had one game uh, with the Chiefs over 40% snap share. But he did flash. That's been his whole career is flashing. But I don't care. If, if we're talking about projectability, we're also talking that with Marvin Mims. Give me him in a first for Kadarius Tony. And then also, if I have Brees Hall and someone offers me 224 first and a third, I'm hitting smash except on that for exactly why you said he's a running back. And you could use one of those firsts to get a, uh, a you know someone that we're calling a RB3 that actually project and ends up being an RB2 weeks into the season like there's so much you can now do with that round one where Brees, if he were to get let's just say 30 percent snap share over the first month mm-hmm. they really baby him in his value goes down and you don't theoretically get wins so even if i'm trying to win now i'm making this trade so this is a smash for the team getting roshan in the assets in my opinion smash yeah no i i love just thinking about using the first round picks this year instead of even yeah. waiting for them to be a first round pick just trading them away that's that's a great point i mean say Brees hall doesn't come back week one 
you might be able to send a 24 first for him. You know, that, that owner might get a little scared. So yeah, I, I love that for sure. You're getting, you're getting just tons of value that you can use however you see fit, whether you want to wait or if you want to keep trying to contend. Great point. Let's move on to trade number three, another Jamar Chase trade. People, stop trading Jamar Chase. We've yeah. answered, we broke one of these down every single week. Yeah. Jamar Chase is always the answer, but this is a 12 team PPR Superflex tight end premium start 10. Team A is receiving Jamar Chase around one. When I saw this, my jaw damn near hit the floor and a 24 round two. So getting maybe the best asset in all of fantasy on top of that, getting a first and a second crazy. This is going to be a haul though. Devonte Smith, Chris Olave, Michael Mayer, Tajay Spears, Jonathan Mingo, Jason, you taking the superstar on the picks. Or you taking the, the haul, the package of players here in dynasty. I'm taking the superstar in the picks. I just have to, I just have to, I love Jamar chase so much. And last episode, we talked about how much I love Devonte Smith. I still love the slim reaper. I always will, but it's just not enough. It's just not enough. <laughs> this is probably enough for just Jamar Chase, but finagling in the 24 first and that second was a master move to get Chase and those picks. I just, I, I, I just don't know why you trade Jamar Chase at this point. I really don't. We, we talk about it time and time again. It's just, this is a haul and a half, and I'm still picking the Jamar Chase side. So is it is that what you said last week, actually? So I guess I'm just kind of bringing up. If you didn't check out last week, I'll remind you guys. Jason said his point was, and I, you know, it's tough to, to agree with this. You have Jamar Chase. The only thing you're accepting is Jeff, John, uh, you know, Justin Jefferson plus. And if you have Justin Jefferson, the only thing you're accepting is Jamar Chase plus. So yeah. if that's all you're going to accept, this is not enough. But. I mean, Chris Olave. Where do you see, let me ask you this then? Where do you see Chris Olave kind of settling in in dynasty in terms of his you know the wide receiver play? Because we probably both agree that Devontae Smith is a top 12, 13 receiver. Mm-hmm. So where do you put Olave? I think he's right outside that. Um, I I know that a lot of people are latching onto a very successful rookie season with him and projecting lots of targets to go his way, which is true. But he just, I, I honestly don't even know how to phrase it. He just doesn't have the it that even Devontae Smith has to me, that Jamar Chase he doesn't has. Have that, he doesn't have that swag, is what you're saying? He doesn't. He doesn't. And he's a oh, really good hot fantasy take, asset. Little hot take you there. I know. I would say at best he's a low-end wide receiver one, but I think realistically we're talking about a very high-end wide receiver two. Uh, okay. And that's just what it is. I mean, he's going to get volume. He's a route runner. Uh, but he's not just a guy who's going to beat you in all quadrants of the field. That's not who Chris Olave is as much as we want him to be. Um, I, I would say Chris Olave's ceiling is Devontae Smith. Okay. I, this trade is so crazy. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to refer to our tool here, the trade analyzer here at playerprofiler.com. So here's our trade, right? And if you're not familiar with the dynasty tools at Player Profiler, yep. you know, you have to. Uh, what the kids say, get hip, because it truly it will take your dynasty gaming to the next level. And the trade analyzer is something we use here at Trade Gods to break down some of the trades if we need to figure out you know who's winning and kind of give us a baseline on what the market might be saying. So we have here the players involved. Now let's talk about who is in the trade. Let's bring it up one more time. So it is a 12-team PPR Superflex tight end premium start 10. Well, the best part about this, we got that. We can now click on tight end premium. We can now click on super flex here mm-hmm. and we will get the trade result. Team wow. one wins by 66 lifetime points. Now, when you're talking about values this high, um, that 66, it might not be as big as you may think. But Jason, trade analyzer agrees with you, my friend, wow. that that trade is all about getting Jamar Chase, even at the expense of all of these you know, assets in dynasties. So, wow. You're a trade guard for a reason, my friend. No, I'm all, and like the trade analyzer, I love, but what it, like what it is, is a summation of lifetime value. And so Mm -hmm. I was thinking when you're pulling it up that it was going to be a massive win for all of the assets, just because they're clear cut. We know that they're all young as well. Yeah. They would have a ton of lifetime value. Three rookies here. Right. Like, but that just shows 
how amazing Jamar Chase is <laughs> and, and the roster spots and yeah. the roster spots. Yeah, so, I went with orange tonight. Jamar nice. Chase colors, baby. Let him fly. Let's move on to yeah. trade number four. The very first trade submitted from uh, my fantasy league. So shout nice. out here. 12-team PPR, Superflex, tight end premium, start 10. The team A is in a win now mode. So to give you some extra context, team A is winning now, and they're acquiring Alexander Madison, a 24 third and a 24 fourth, and they're sending away Greg Dolchich and a 24 second. Do you want the running back or the tight end here in the tight end premium format? I wish I had access to a time machine, man. I still just don't know where I fall on Greg Dolchich. Fantastic, fantastic rookie season. And there are rumblings that Sean Payton is beginning to get more and more impressed on what he's bringing to the table in Denver. But, oh God, mm, this is a tough one. This is a tough one because, I mean, I think you would want the running back. Alexander Madison, who we know at this point has produced, has shown, as we'll talk about later, fantastic fantasy production when called on as the true bell cow, plus mm-hmm. some extra picks. For a tight end at this point who hasn't necessarily proven himself and who could very well very well just be a middle range tight end that you just are throwing into your lineup because that's your tight end uh, and and that's just what it is right you, you know you're not too excited about it um so i think i think i'm on the alexander madison side the way things stand assuming greg dulcis is just a normal tight end one and a half okay but if he does somehow hit a ceiling, I mean, you're definitely going to be kicking yourself for trading him away, but that's just a big what if. That's a huge what if. I have been pretty adamant about not being a Dolchich believer. I wasn't mm-hmm. a believer of him through the process. I thought the third-round draft capital was a bit excessive, but there are people out there who are very smart and they're very uh, you know, they're very well-respected in terms of the player evaluation, so I trust yeah. them Quite a bit, and they tend to like what they see in Greg Dolchich. But I'm going to take the Madison side. Um, we're going to talk yeah. about Madison a little bit more in depth later in the show, so I won't dive in a whole lot now into my findings here. But the more I dive into Madison, the more I am getting excited about 2023. And in this type of trade, you know, the the round two might sway people to the Dolchich side completely because the round two, it you know, does have a, a whole lot more standalone value than the picks the Madison side's getting. But I like Madison a lot, and I think we could look back on this, and Dolchich is, like you said, in the muck of uh, tight ends, you know, just kind of stuck in that crud that he doesn't really separate himself from anyone else. And in that case, it's probably replaceable in terms of fantasy points per week for your fantasy squad. So I'm going to take the Madison side here, but we're going to talk more about Madison here uh, in just a little bit. So stick around. Trade number five. Let's talk about it. Jason, you're back, not Mr. Allwine. He's long gone now. You've hit it. You've just been killing it, you know, getting the folks back into it. So Team A <laughs> is receiving Amon Ra St. Brown. Team B is receiving Marquise Brown in a 24 first. This is a 10-team half-point PPR Superflex start 10. I'll, I'll get us kicked off here on this uh, trade. Give me, the Anton- uh, give me the Amon Ra St. Brown side so heavily. This is such a good trade for Team A. Ten yeah. teams, uh, you know, first gets you think, oh, maybe they're a little bit shallower rosters. But then the start ten, okay, you're starting more players. Superflex half point PPR. Uh, give me the stud here. I just the, we don't know what we're gonna see at quarterback. We're now hearing Clayton Toon has, uh, you know, a path to being QB one from week one on. I don't know what that's gonna mean for Marquise Brown. D Hop is out of there, which should free up some targets. But you know, they did spend a third round pick on Michael Wilson. And, and no, Trey McBride, Zach Ertz will be there, James Conner. I don't know what Marquise Brown is going to truly do in this offense. I know what Amon Ross St. Brown is going to do. He is going to be a top three to five dynasty wide receiver. So to acquire him by you know just giving up that 24 first, you're expecting that to be mid to late if you're acquiring the better player. Such an upgrade mm-hmm. at, at wide receiver. I'm taking it all dizzy. Jason, are you, are you with me here? Are you going to take the uh, Marquise Brown round one side? I love myself some Sun God, so I am definitely taking the Sun God side. What you're hoping for Marquise Brown out of this is that he becomes a Monroe St. Brown, really. And then at that cost, you're just throwing in a first-round pick or asking for a first-round pick for that risk. Mm-hmm. Marquise Brown had an impressive run the first few weeks as the Cardinals wide receiver one while DeAndre Hopkins was suspended. 14 points, 13 points, 28 points, 21 points, 22 points, 12 points. 
first six weeks of the season. Fantastic, fantastic run. That's pretty fantastic run. It's a fantastic run. It's a fantastic run. Fantastic. Um, And he's had a couple, you know, I mean, none of his years he's finished under 10 points per game, uh, has had, I believe, I believe he had a top 10 season one year just just from playing the whole thing uh, his second year in the season. Uh, Doesn't matter, though. Even if he hits, right, even if he does become that, I'm still taking the Amon Ross St. Brown side. This is risk-averse move, right? You're not worried about what the quarterback situation is at all, even if it is only one season or even half a season. Uh, And then, plus, you're getting a guy who had a 28% target share last season on one of the better offenses in the league, a guy who's not even 24 years old yet, a guy who's a fantastic route runner, establishing himself as one of the best in the entire league. This is an alpha. Oh, Oh, yeah. That you're getting so yeah give me a mon raw st brown the fact that it only cost a first and like someone who's wide receiver i don't know i'm gonna throw a number out there 46 right now in our rankings <laughs> smash every single day of the week every oh, single no. day of the week no <laughs> doubt now the half point ppr does make it a smidgen closer if it was ppr it would be crazy yeah. uh it would be a, a complete lopsided trade in my opinion halfway makes it a little bit closer because uh, you know what amon Ra does is catch a lot of balls he uh Caught 106 yeah. of them last year, but still, give me the sun god. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Let's move on to trade number six. It okay. is a 12 team half point PPR super flex with a little bit of couple, some cool scoring coming up here. Half point for first down and a 0.25 tight end premium start 10. Team A is getting Trevor Lawrence and Isaiah Pacheco for Deshaun Watson in a 201 in this year's uh, rookie draft. Jason, how do you see this trade? Making space, how making the this- how? <laughs> how? <laughs> like, actually, how did this trade happen? <laughs> I can't find a single reason inside my brain to want Deshaun Watson in the 201 instead of Trevor Lawrence and Isaiah Pacheco. I can't. I, yeah. I, yeah. I would imagine it would cost more than the Deshaun Watson and the 201 for just Trevor Lawrence. So the fact that Isaiah Pacheco is thrown in makes it even easier for me. But I, I don't even want, do I have to throw analysis out there? This just feels crazy for Trevor Lawrence and the Isaiah Pacheco side. Like it just feels like the, the smashiest trade I've ever seen, to be honest. <laughs> so, you know, in the discord, we ask for trades and we don't put any, uh, there's no uh, rules. You know, if you want your yeah. trades broken down, the gods will do it for you because, you know, we we love all the people that interact with us on, on Discord, and to be able to talk fantasy football as much as we do, it's like truly like awesome. So we will answer all of these trades, but my man here is putting on a masterclass in trading because this is only trade one of two. But to get Lawrence for Pacheco, oh, I mean, get Lawrence and Pacheco is an absolute smash. Lawrence is checking all the boxes, seventh in money throws last year, ninth in accuracy rating. He's just getting better. He was tight in uh, a, a quarterback 12 on a points-per-game basis, smash. So we're not really going to talk a whole lot about this. This is the Trevor Lawrence side with a bullet. But then when I bring in this second trade that he made, my man is out there playing chess when others are playing checkers. Trade number seven, he then flipped Isaiah Pacheco and James Cook for the 108 in the 2003 rookie draft. Do you know who this pick is? I'll give you a guess. Give me Zay Flowers. Jordan Addison. Okay. Okay. I love Still- me some Addison. So being able, so basically turning uh, Dalton Kincaid, who was that two hundred one, and Deshaun Watson for Trevor Lawrence and Jordan Addison. <laughs> yeah, it's a it is a fantastic, fantastic move. And for me, it's more like I just love. James Cook and Pacheco. I mean, so I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I do like James Cook and Pacheco's side, but, you know, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm taking, I'm taking the James Cook-Pacheco side here. Oh, I am. Oh, again, not, not Pacheco's my breakout running back candidate in 2023. That arc will Videos will be coming out soon. But this is a smash win. Yeah. Okay. So hey, but but we can agree though, getting the T law part of this was yes. the best. Yeah, I don't know how they. I on, I honestly don't know how they did that. That would have to be a Deshaun Watson fanboy, which is incredibly hard to find these days. Yeah, 
Yeah, I know. <laughs> kind of weird, right? Either way, good trading, Mr. GM there. Let's go on to the next trade. This is another freaking banger. And part two of the trade that we broke down. Number one, the trade number one was part A. That was chapter one. This trade here is chapter two. So the team builder that acquired Joe Burrow and DK Metcalf flipped those two players, added Zay Flowers to bring in Justin Herbert and Garrett Wilson. So let's let's do a quick reminder for everyone who's been following along. Trade The first trade was this team builder getting Burrow, Goddard, and Metcalf to trade away Lamar, Andrews, Diggs, and Cook. He then took those assets, added Zay Flowers, and brought in Justin Herbert and Garrett Wilson. Jason, what are your thoughts? I'm glad that I talked about what I talked about earlier of why that trade even came across. Because then why did it develop even more? Because <laughs> why wouldn't you have just sent Lamar Jackson and Stephon Diggs and Dalvin Cook for Justin Herbert and Garrett Wilson? Why did you jump so through so many hoops? Why? Well, why? Well, sir, okay, some people... Uh, you know, they, they he he did supply some more context okay, in this okay. trade, uh, <laughs> and he did ask specifically to have both trades talked about because he was going to show it to his league mate. So I definitely wanted to give him the shout out because he's very active in Discord, and you yeah. know he's awesome. Yeah. So further context. So this all of this trading, in my opinion, was to get Dallas Goddard on board. But now, do you want to hear the most insane dynasty roster you will ever hear in your entire life? Almost to the point where none of these trades even matter. Sure, sure, sure. Are you sitting down? Yeah, yeah, actually. Yeah. Good, because this is the roster he sent that's in this 12-team league. This is not a three-team league. This is a 12-teamer. QB1, Jalen Hurts. Running backs, Jonathan Taylor, Brees Hall. Two receivers that he starts, Jamar Chase and CeeDee Lamb. He has Kyle Pitts, and now he also has uh, get Dallas Goddard on the bench. Garrett Wilson that he got in this trade. A.J. Brown, who he already rosters. And his QB in super flex right now is Justin Fields, but it could also be Justin Herbert. The Justins. Is this not the most insane roster you have ever that's seen a, in your entire life? That's a fantastic roster. I mean, good on him. Good on him. If you're listening, I, I would definitely go try to trade one of Jalen Hurts or Justin Fields. I know you're listening. You know, you don't need you don't need all three. Oh, hey, but... don't be doing no table talk though, J- Jason. You can't be doing table talk for for our Discord members, okay? You can, he's got to get out there. If his league mates aren't going to check out TGs, it's on them. He's going to get the leg up. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So that you know, if they do happen to tune in, let's let him let's let him do his thing. You're right. You're right. But, you're right. I mean, he's doing he's what doing an insane right. trade. No, definitely, definitely great roster. And then back to this trade let's just let's let's cut it down let's just break down this trade specifically take away all the context all we know is that it's a 12 team half point ppr superflex start nine which side of this specific trade are you taking i love me some justin herbert but i think i'm taking the joe burrow dk metcalf safe flower side i i want to see what happens in baltimore i do think that joe burrow is a better dynasty asset than justin herbert it's very 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 close but I'm not that big of a Garrett Wilson guy. I don't like paying the price for him right now. Sending DK Metcalf and Zay Flowers away for a, a wide receiver that has the same exact ceiling as both DK Metcalf and Zay Flowers is tough for me. Uh, and slightly downgrading a quarterback. So I think I would rather have the assets on an already stacked team and just roll with those guys. I mean, I, I like the quarterback room of Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts slightly more oh, yeah. than the quarterback room of Justin Herbert and Jalen Hurts. So uh, and I just don't I don't like Garrett Wilson that much more than DK Metcalf, um, especially not one of the top rookie wide receivers from this draft more. So, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, friend. I I hope you keep engaging with the discord and sending us trades. But I think you took, of course, a, a huge win at the beginning and then took those assets to take to get your guy, perhaps like maybe you're just a huge Justin Herbert guy, which I get. Or Garrett Wilson guy. Yeah, or a huge Garrett Wilson guy, which is fair. He, he getting Garrett Wilson now gives him the you know wide receiver two in my opinion, or wide receiver one in some people's opinions, the wide receiver three, you know, collectively in Dynasty, and now he has the wide receiver four in a lot of people's rankings. So I mean, he now has three of the top four Dynasty That's wide receivers. True. So it might be him just trying to inch up in the Dynasty rankings, but I think. Just this trade alone, without any additional context, I'm taking the DK Burrow Flowers side, and yeah. it's funny. 
you know, I, I sided against his trade in the first trade. I'm siding against his trade here, and yet I still believe that this is the best fantasy roster I've ever seen in my entire life. So you're doing the damn thing. And I, you know, I just keep doing what you're doing. Don't listen to me, man. I mean, that roster is yeah. crazy. Yeah. Have you heard that, you know, people who, who gamble will buy other people's accounts because it's less manipulated by the host website or the host, uh, you know, the house essentially? They'll huh. buy like so. Let's say I bet a lot, and, and you know, DraftKings recognizes that, and they bog me down, and they kind of you know you, you give me that whole thing. I could be like, hey, Jason, let me buy your account, and I'm gonna you place bets for me, or whatever. That seems to be a thing. I don't know. I don't place bets, so I don't really know. But this is something that happens, my man. If you want to sell this roster, I will hop into this dynasty league, and I will pay you for this roster because this would be the most fun set of assets in a 12 team dynasty league I could ever imagine. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, the guy's winning. So I, mean, I want to. I would love to drive, you know, a Lamborghini and fan, a fantasy Lamborghini, my friend. You are driving a fantasy Lamborghini, so good on you for that. We got one more trade that we are breaking down here. It is a late submit, but of course we are showing love to the Discord, so we gotta get it in. It is a twelve-team PPR Superflex start one? No, not start one. Start ten. This is a typo from your boy. This is a start ten. Kyle Pitts, Pierre Strong, Zach Charbonnet. For Saquon Barkley and Christian Kirk, Jason, what side are you taking? I think, I think I'm on the Saquon side. I think I'm on the Saquon side. It's I want to get onto the Kyle Pitts train. I really do. I just can't stomach it. I can't. The Falcons don't pass the ball enough. He's probably not even the main target on this offense now. So it's it's just it's just not as good for me as Saquon Barkley, who's still only 25, who is the offense that he's on. Plus Christian Kirk, who's coming off a great season as the wide receiver for the Jaguars, who's a good buy low right now because of the murkiness caused by Calvin Ridley. But he's still going to be a good fantasy asset. I'm on the Saquon Christian Kirk side. I am. Me too. Me too. I think the Kirk... You know, he was a top 20 wide receiver on a points per game basis last year. I think top 24, absolutely still on the table, even with the addition of Calvin Ridley. Yep. And, you know, my man Theo Gremminger said that, you know, Saquon has the upside to be the number one fantasy player in terms of all positions. Like, he could be that guy, the overall fantasy, uh, you know, asset. Mm-hmm. And he was so good last year. The holdout yep. does make me nervous, but, you know, he needs to get those six games in. I just – I, I don't think he's going to hold out. I think that there's a new culture in in the Giants' locker room, and they're going to get this situation worked out where Barkley can play, whether it's you know under a, a handshake deal that will happen at the end of the year, in the middle of the year, whatever it ends up being. I do believe that Saquon is going to play, and he's going to play at a super high level. He's going to be just showered with opportunities. Last year he was third in opportunity share, fourth in weighted opportunities in the entire running back, uh, fan, in the fantasy running back landscape. Mm-hmm. I'm with you on pits. I want to give it, get on a pits. I think you should buy into pits if you can even get a 98, you know, seven, 96 percent, you know, on, on the 96 cents on the dollar. This is full price. This is full price for Kyle Pitts. You are paying for Mark Andrews. You're paying for a top two tight end in fantasy with these two assets. You're and there's just so much projectability with Kyle Pitts that. I don't know. Even even if you're just yeah. if you're nervous about the Barkley situation in New York, I'm taking Barkley, and I love Christian Kirk. Uh, you know, this year I think he can absolutely repeat as a top twenty four wide receiver in that offense. And I'm not a believer in Charbonnet, and I like Pierre Strong. I think he's a very valuable handcuff. Not enough for me. Just not enough. So I think we're on the same page here. That you know, this is it's it's good process to try to target and acquire Kyle Pitts, but you don't want to pay this much. This is expensive. It is. It is. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough one. It's a tough one for sure. Uh, I I would just honestly, at this point, just be averse to selling Saquon or Christian Kirk. I mean, both of them have taken some hits in their value recently that it's just, it's hard to move on from either of those assets, but at least you do get a superstar Kyle Pitts. I mean, you do get like a top tier asset at least, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, like, you know, I made the point uh, before uh, on the mock draft live this past Monday with Seth, that if we can just go back in a time machine, go back a year, the price tag on Kyle Pitts was this high. I mean, the expectations of you know this unicorn wide receiver coming off a thousand yard rookie season is tremendous. So yeah. I understand the the reasoning for going after him, but I think right here you're paying as if he's a back to back top three tight end in fantasy, and that just hasn't been the case. And there are a lot of red flags you know that are concerning about him reaching that type of level. So 
Give me the Saquon Barkley, Christian Kirk side. That's going to wrap up the nine trades from Discord. I love breaking down those trades from Discord, so make sure you get those ready for us next week. But we still have one more segment before we say goodbye. It's time to buy and sell. We got two former teammates. They're in the news. We got to tell you if you guys should buy or sell these running backs. Dalvin Cook and Alexander Mattson. Which do you want to start with, my friend? I guess let's let's start with let's start with Dalvin Cook. Let's start with Dalvin Cook. And are you buying or selling Dalvin Cook? I mean, ultimately, it's going to come down to the price. Ultimately, it'll come down to how much Dalvin Cook is going to cost me. But I do believe, while a lot of the efficiency metrics didn't show it, that Dalvin Cook still has some gas in the tank, and I do believe that if he lands somewhere good. He'll be really good for fantasy football. The key word here is lands somewhere good. And that's just so hard to project, so hard to bet on that if I roster him, I'm selling him. If I don't, I'm probably not paying up for him because I just don't know what I'm looking at right now. I don't know. And I'm the type of person that I at least want to know the landing spot. And when I kind of explore where he could go, None of them are as good as the Vikings. None. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's it's like his best landing spot is hoping he goes to the Bengals and something goes wrong with Joe Mixon, whether that be he finally gets like charged with something and gets suspended right. or gets injured or whatever. Like that's that's the best case scenario. And that's still like you have to wait on a whole nother shoe to drop. Mm-hmm. So for me, I think I'm I think I'm just gonna take what I can get for him, to be honest. I, I think so. I think so. Uh, uh, he's a, a for sure, no doubt sell for me. He was actually my sell candidate on a show just a couple weeks ago, and that has not changed. The window is now open to trade away Dalvin Cook at a pretty good price. You know, and his price could bump up, like you said, if he goes to the perfect situation. But he also could plummet with a bad situation. And truth be told, why ride that, you know, price roller coaster? Why sit back and, you know, bake or bathe in that volatility. I don't want to do it. I'm selling right now while there's a, you know, a chance to, to move them while the, you know, the value is still pretty good. I don't think it's like too bad. I don't think you're going to get totally nickel and dime. There got to be someone out there that still believes in them. And when you look at this running back as a player, he's past the AJ pecs mm-hmm. and his performance profile in 2022 says two things to me. Uh, he needs volume and he's not really efficient. So yeah. he was fifth in opportunity share fourth in terms of route participation and fifth in red zone touches amongst qualified running backs. That's good volume. Like you said, there is no better situation for Dalvin cook than the Minnesota Vikings, a team he is no longer on. And then last year he was not efficient. 51st in fantasy points per opportunity, 37th in true yards per carry 30th in breakaway run rate and 42nd in yards created per touch. You take both of those factors and, I don't believe that the, any landing spot out there is going to give him enough volume to be the guy that he was last year. I think that the Vikings was the team to do so. And now that maybe some people might be hyped, like there are going to be people that are go that, that end up becoming over the moon if Dalvin goes to the Dolphins or mm. uh, you know one of these high-fledged teams. But even if, like, let's say he goes to the Chiefs, they're still going to use McKinnon. They're still going to use Isaiah Pacheco. He's not going to get this volume. They're still a very, first, you know, very pass-heavy team. He's not going to get this volume. Yeah. So sell now and don't wait. Don't wait because yeah, he could go to a situation people celebrate and maybe he goes up a little bit, but don't play the risk because if he goes to a situation where everyone yeah. goes like, eh, like let's just say he goes to the Patriots. Him and D Hub go to the Patriots. You know, they, apparently they were texting each other that they would love to play with one another. The Patriots brought in D-Hop for two days. When do you hear that guys come in for two days and apparently went really well? They're the betting favorite. Yeah, sell sell Devin Cook right now if you uh, want to get a little something-something for him. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about his former teammate, Alexander Mattinson. Jason, are you saying buy or sell Mattinson? I think I'm selling Madison. And it's it's definitely a tough one. And, and like Dalvin Cook, too, I mean, it kind of depends on what you can get. I sold Alexander Madison before Dalvin Cook was officially released. I got a trade just, you know, as the as the hype was bubbling, I got offered James Cook plus. And I love that because I'm a big James Cook guy and I like getting younger and I like what I'm seeing with the Buffalo Bills. And I'm not a guy who's ever going to be scared of a running back like Damian Harris. 
Um, and so that's kind of a move I would I would make. I think you could get a little bit more these days. But still, one of the reasons I want to sell him is I'm just not comfortable accepting a multitude of risks that I'm viewing when I look at what could happen with Alexander Madison next season. First off, I only really want to look at some of his metrics from last year, since that's with the new coaching staff. I recognize that Alexander Madison was exceptionally productive with the former coaching staff when put in games when Dalvin Cook was out. But I think that there's some arguments that could go against that as well, such as, hey, you know, we have this backup running back and our starters out. We can just run him into the ground because he's our backup running back. Also, defenses won't be game planning for him. They're just going to be worried about Justin Jefferson. So Alexander Madison was definitely put into a good situation when he had those games. So the year last year, you'll had 3.8 yards per carry, which was 58. That's just not that good. They're only paying him $6 million over two years. It's a lot of money for a backup running back. Not a lot of money for a starting quarterback. It's not a massive commitment. There's still running backs on the free agent market that profile very similarly to Dalvin Cook that are a lot cheaper than Dalvin Cook that I do believe the Vikings could bring in. Two of them, of course, being Leonard Fournette or Kareem Hunt, just to kind of be there. I think Alexander Madison could find himself being touchdown dependent. He had a 19-point game last year, 60 yards off 10 carries, but two touchdowns. The only reason it was a good week was because he had two touchdowns. I just, when I'm looking at the Vikings cap room, when I'm looking at some of the situations that could happen, when I'm looking at the running backs they have with Dwayne McBride, with Ty Chandler, with Kenny Nwongwu, all of those guys could fight for some time. I'm just not, I don't really like uh, all of the ranges of possibilities that could happen to Madison that I'm looking to sell. I would love to get any other starting running back within the NFL, maybe an extra cherry on top. A thing I keep coming back to is that right now he's only the RB35 on player profiler, which I think is fair. He is all the way up to RB19 on keep trade cut, which has a little bit more public input. I think that that does show that you can get a lot for him and people are hyped about him. So I think that there is some room to find something really, really special for him that I'm happy to move on and not take on the risk of a guy towards like he's 25 years old, hasn't ever been the starting running back and has some concerns going against him. Jason. Yeah. You bring up some good points. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You do. And I think a few weeks ago I would have been on the same train with you. I don't think I would have wanted to really get in the Alexander Madison business. Mm-hmm. But then oh, last week I, I spent some time with, with, you know, the Sonic truth dynasty host, Alan Sislowski, not Aaron. I can't, I still can't believe I said Aaron in the intro of that show. I cannot believe it came out. Aaron, what a knucklehead move, but Alan is the man. And yeah. we spoke a whole bunch of one of the things we spoke about, you know, I was lucky enough to go on his show, the road to wire a, a dynasty show. And then he came on the game plan. But we were talking about Alexander Madison. And he's kind of swayed me on Madison, on on wanting to buy Madison. And when I dig into his profile, when I dig into uh, a little bit of his underlying metrics, I think I really want to buy in because I do think it's coming at a fair price. I think the market is fairly priced. You're saying sell. A lot of people are trying to sell. Uh, I don't think you know when you look at the trade finder on player profile, it is there's some very val you know very fair trades to be had out there uh, mm. for Alexander Madison. So that's the reason why I'm looking to buy. But then when I look at his, you know, 2022, you know, he was. A guy that did not see a lot of opportunities, only a 21.4% uh, opportunity share outside of the top 60. Uh, you really can go off of only a few metrics, and those are efficient, efficiency metrics, in my opinion. And he had a you know 0.96 fantasy points per opportunity. That was 13th best. And he had a 4.9 uh, positive EPA, so expected points added. That was 20th best. So on a per-touch basis on, on value added, he brought that to the table. And when you look at what he's done, Jason, since 2019, so his entire career in the NFL, every single game where he's had only a 45% or more snap share, that's eight games. So in four seasons, he's had eight games where he's gone over 45% snap share, 18.5 fantasy points per game. He smashes, and it's not necessarily his talent. He's not uberly athletic. You know, 26th percentile 40-yard dash, 39th percentile speed score ain't going to give you the warm and fuzzies. Mm-hmm. But on this offense, 
with these teammates, you know, having the, you know, the ability to not really be keyed in on with these passing weapons presents such a opportunity to score touchdowns, to score fantasy points. And that's why I'm looking to buy Alexander Madison because, you know, Ty Chandler, Dwayne McBride, I like their skill sets. You know, Kine Nwongo, I've been a truth for his forever. The fact of the matter is they don't really have the draft capital that Madison brought. Madison did have third-round draft capital. He has. They haven't been relied upon in the past like Madison has, and the Vikings want to win. I don't know if they're going to really give a sixth-round running back or a second-year guy who didn't get a whole lot of run in his rookie campaign a whole lot of touches when Madison has been a producer for them when they needed him. Every time Dalvin's been out or every time he's only been given a chance – 45% snap share is not a hard ask. I, I think it's pretty safe to say he'll see that this year. I think I'm buying for 2023 and all of my win now teams. Uh, but I would recommend this. I, I want to run this by you, Jason. I want to run this by you because I think that you know we don't always get into trade uh, tactics here right. on Trade Gods. We like to break down trades and kind of give us our reflection on how mm-hmm. we do things. But in terms of a tactic here for Madison, I would recommend people out there who are trying to acquire Madison, don't go after him directly. I think it's bad process to immediately try to trade for somebody who has positive news. And the departure of Dalvin Cook is certainly that. It's positive for Madison. So to come at him correctly or or individually, just go straight for him in, in a trade proposal, I would I would imagine gets brought back with a whole lot of pushback and that price goes up 10% yeah. just on you asking. So what my yeah. approach would be would be like, hey, Jason, you got Madison on your team. Or let's just say you also have an asset you're looking to sell D-Hop. You're like, I'm looking to get a little bit younger. Let me get D-Hop. I'd go... Hey, Jason, I'm interested in D-Hop. And then I would throw you a little offer. You'd throw me an offer. And i go, well, then throw in Madison. And then you'd say, spice it up a tad. And all of a sudden, I'm getting D-Hop. And I'm getting Madison at a good price, a win-now price. That's the type of approach I'm taking going after Madison. I'm not going directly to that team builder being like, hey, trade me the guy that now is a starter for his, his team. He's going to tell you that, that that fantasy manager is going to tell you she's going to say to you, listen, I watch trade gods. You ain't going to get this one by me. Yeah. But if you go around it, and you offer, you know, go after a different piece, whether it be, you know, adjacent in value or a little bit higher value player, cast that net and bring Madison aboard. What do you think about that? No, I think that's, I think that's genius. I love that move. I love that move. Do you, have you done that before? Have you done that before for trades too? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. You, it's it's why you're a trade guy, baby. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, there's always, always, when I'm looking at a trade, I'm always trying to find a fun little throw in on my, on the, uh, on the trade partners roster. There's always someone that I want extra that I, that I, you know, don't, don't, don't try to show too much interest in, but I'll be like, Oh, you, you can throw them in. That'll, that'll make me happy. <laughs> that'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, a little example of this backfiring or not backfiring, but reaffirming why you kind of take this approach. Uh, a few weeks ago when the Patriots, well, I think it's a couple months ago now, when the Patriots signed James Robinson in the trade guide invitational, I kept going after him. And I think just the simple fact that I was going after him drove the price up to the point where I ended up paying it. And now he's cut by the Patriots. And now, you know, it's like I, I'm screwed. So, you know, if I had kind of been a little bit more, if I would have shown a little bit more trade raise and yeah. kind of sidestepped and made it happen, maybe I wouldn't have paid the price that I did and it wouldn't hurt so mad now that he's a, you know, maybe being the third host of Trade Gods next week. Who knows? We'll see. I, you know, I love James. I hope he finds a job. So let's hope he does. Jason, that's been tonight's show. Fantastic show. Great show. Yep. Tell the people listening where they can find you on socials and where they can get all your content. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at JFootballWine. You can find me on this very YouTube channel Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. doing a little wake and take, discussing news or whatever else I feel like talking about that morning. <laughs> Changes, you know, just just happens. Uh, I'd love to see you guys there. Uh, and then please, please follow our Instagram, Facebook, and now the TikTok I'm personally invested in as I'm helping run that now as well. Uh, that's Roto Underworld on Instagram, Player Profiler on Facebook. And then I do believe it is player profiler on TikTok. I do believe. Yes. Yes. The player profile fantasy stats show. Yeah. Yeah, Yes, absolutely. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Matty Kiwum. Got the game plan each and every Saturday. Check that out. Got the goat district, JD and Theo joining the show this week. So make sure you check that out. Obviously trade gods on Thursday. And if you want to get some more of my content, go over to Patreon and sign up to www.patreon.com slash the executives. That's where I do some work with Cody Carpentier. So you can check that out. But ladies and gents, I think what we're really getting ready for is the mother effing world famous draft kit that is about to drop jason and i have been a part of that and we're super proud of it it's going to absolutely melt faces so be on the lookout for that 
Can't wait for it to drop. He's Jason Allwine. I'm Matty Kiwum. We are the Trade Gods. See you next week. Peace.